What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards. Welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. I'm in a different location. It's undisclosed. It's none of your business where I'm at. <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> like and subscribe. If you're listening, it sounds like I'm in the same spot. So you ain't got to worry about that. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about... Uh, the upcoming matches in the Premier League this weekend. Premier League's been gone for a minute, but now it's back. We had some business to handle like FA Cup and Caribou Cup. And now we know the two teams that are going to be in the finals. Uh, we're going to talk Chelsea Fulham. We're going to talk transfers. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just cover it all. Uh, also, I got some shows coming up. And one of them is in Seattle at the Hereafter, February 11th, two shows, 7 and 9 p.m. So if you're in Seattle or know somebody in Seattle, tell them to come out to these shows. Uh, I want to introduce uh, one of the co-hosts, usual suspect, uh, Lee Hudson, stand-up comic from England. He's wearing the Southampton shirt. So, <laughs> yes, that's who he supports. <laughs> and how are you feeling? I'm feeling a little bit better after we uh, we brought in some players in positions we needed to bring them in in the transfer window. So uh, yeah, we'll see um, we'll see how quickly they hit the ground running. They need to. So uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. One's twenty, one's twenty eight. So oh, you got a twenty eight year old? Yeah, a six foot seven, twenty eight year old, top scorer in the Belgian league. Belgian um, wake horse. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's Nigerian, but he's been playing in Belgium. Uh, oh, okay, but. I mean, we're playing Brentford this weekend, so I'm hoping he's available straight away because we could do with a six foot seven guy against Brentford. Because mm. there's going to be these, not even from an attacking point of view, he's a centre forward, but we need him for defending against Brentford. Uh-huh. There's going to be long, long throws. There's going to be corners. <laughs> right, right. What you call it? So uh, that's good. Uh, you definitely needed like a goal scoring threat. He, they probably put him in like you figure like later on in the game. They probably won't start him. Mm. You think? Yeah, we'll yeah, see. I, I, I don't know how quick the work permits are getting done and how often they can mm-hmm. train with the team and stuff. So, yeah, starting might be a bit too too early. Right. And and the transfer window is closed now, but a lot mm-hmm. of teams did a lot of dealings. Even Manchester United surprised the football world by getting Sabitza from uh, <clears throat> Bayern in to replace Ericsson, who's injured. Uh, but since we're on the topic of United, Let's just wrap up the Caribou Cup semifinals and talk about the finals a little bit. And uh, with the Man U match, uh, we were already up 3 nothing versus uh, Nottingham Forest in the first leg. And we scored those three goals away at their house. And they came to ours. And, uh, and uh, one thing I can say about United is it might not always look like it's not the finished deal, but there are some elements of it. It has elements of the finished project. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, are those uh, VR glasses? The sun's shining too brightly on me, and I can't uh, really... I, you look I, like I, a I you you look like a Chelsea transfer that's trying to <laughs> that, that I'm, just I'm came like, in for the sign. I have my credit cards. 
you know, <laughs> to answer any questions you may have. Oh, good, good. I, I mean, the questions I want to ask you are kind of different, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. This is Neil Chakrabarty, stand-up comic and Chelsea fan. And, uh, you know, he's just going to be drinking a lot from now on waiting for the shoe to drop on the financial fair play I got out the deals. top shelf for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like every Chelsea fan is going to be an alcoholic for now until, you know, you know when, when some accountants start going through those books and seeing what's up, how they were cooked exactly. But, but we'll see. Like, before you got on, I was just talking about United's game versus... Uh, Nottingham Forest and we how we won the first leg and we just have to do the second leg and take this thing home and get to Wembley. And I was saying that there's we have we're not the finished article, but we have elements of being the finished article. And that is how we are defensively and how we treat teams on the level of Forest, where you almost for most of the game feel no threat from them and you're basically in control. Now, every team is going to get some chances, so you expect that. But we've been getting like most of the clean sheets against teams of this level, and this was not something that United was like in the last few years. Like We've been knocked out of competitions like this under Solskjaer. So there is that. It's like, the first whole, final in a while, right? right? Uh, the last one we did was the Europa final. final. Yeah, so that's been a while, right? I, I was there the last time United won a trophy against Ajax. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, and the Mourinho? Yeah, the last time. 2017, yeah, that was the last time they won. That was the Mourinho one, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And then when did we go? The, the, we lost in the final probably two years ago. Yeah, Villarreal. Villarreal, yeah. Which is part of why like, Solskjaer got fired. Because they figured we're going to kick off from there. We got Ronaldo and we got Sancho and then the season just went downhill. But like in games like two days ago or yesterday, like it's just we just made it a formality and we got the goals we needed to get and we knew they weren't going to come back after we got those goals. And we're also like getting a chance to like experiment with players and and uh, and like like get the job done and get people in and try them out in new positions to see if we can use them in those positions uh, for future games. So we're accomplishing a bunch of things in one, you know, we're yeah. killing two birds with one stone and that's, that's great progress. And then you could see as a fan, the team moving forward. You, normally sometimes when a team moves forward incrementally, you can't see the increments. But with United, you could see the metrics are uh, like right before your very eyes. And one of the most outstanding things in this game, besides all the goals that were scored, bless you, and it was when in the 62nd, 63rd minute, when we made three subs. Like when, when the three starters who started the season come on as subs, mm. right? That was the greatest moment of like one of the greatest moments of the season for me because first I realized I was like oh shit that's our bench <laughs> our bench that game in the 60 something minute coming onto the field in a semi-final was Rashford 
Sancho and Marshall. Like those were the starters in our preseason forward line. And they were successful in the preseason. And we were looking forward to them being successful all season. Marshall, Chris Rashford has been. But to see them come on, not start the game. They're not, they didn't start a game that we were in complete control of. And that's like, that's when I think that blew, that moment blew a lot of United fans' minds. That, that just gave us hope for the rest of the season going forward. Like if some fan is cocky and think we're going to beat Newcastle in the final, easy, like that was probably the moment then you're like, oh shit. Like when you could pull three guys off the bench like that and you were already in control of a game, you're like, and it was good to see Sancho back. I hope he fully recovers from what he was going through physically, emotionally, and mentally and becomes a star for us because you want that. But it's just great to see him out there. And he played the 10, as people have been suggested. I always thought he could play a ten, little 10 too. So we'll see if that's what we're going to do going forward. Lindelof came on it at another time. He played the six. So there was that. And that's, that's the experimenting and the implemental growing of the team and putting them in different positions and situations, especially in a semifinal, but to have the confidence, you know, you have this shit under control so you can make experiment like that. These are like, like in back a year ago, have you made substitutions like that? It was out of desperation, not mm -hmm. out of like progress. So though these are beautiful things to see. Like we have the luxury to be able to do things like that. So that's beautiful. So I think Fred, nobody's saying it for some reason. Like our fan base is always going to not give Fred full credit, but yeah. he played pretty good. Like there were some moments he frustrated me, but he played a lot of forward balls, you know? And like he, he, sometimes he really got the game going. And that's when Fred is good. Like when Fred is not trying to sit on the ball, and he's trying to like, I call our form of football Rondo football because Ten Hag came in the preseason and he has all these different Rondo games that City used to do, but he's really implementing them with our team and making them take them seriously. It's really improving the level of skill and technical ability of our team. And when Fred, and you can see when Fred is playing Rondo football, not holding on to it, passing it before the pressure comes. Like, he, he's good. I'm not saying he's a replacement for Erickson, but that's when you see best Fred, you know? Like, one touch net, not trying to sit on it. And, you know, the problem with Fred is he likes to show off. He wants to prove to you he's Brazilian, and that's when you get the worst of Fred, when he tries <laughs> to do some Brazilian shit. Like, just pass the ball, Fred, <laughs> you know? So, he scored... Uh, I forgot who's was it Casemiro who scored again? Marshall got the other one. Marshall, yeah, Marshall came on and scored, so that was beautiful. And yeah. uh, there's a competition between him and Wagos now. Who's going to be the nine? Hopefully, <laughs> Wagos is healthy. But this this is promising to have some depth in our squad, knowing about all the games we got coming up, especially the week of the final. You know, versus Newcastle, we have like you know some depth you know you know there's some play you know and Sabitza could possibly also give Casemiro a break depending on how you want to do it you can have him play next to Casemiro or give Casemiro a break because he's kind of like does what Casemiro does and kind of can't do 
what Ericsson does, you know, so we could pick and choose there. But I, I, I like what we're doing. Um, yeah, it wasn't a, a fantastic smashing window, but I don't believe in spending all that money all the time. And I'm not even saying that because Neil is here and I'm trying to diss <laughs> Chelsea. But I, I, I don't. I think all teams are so ravenous. Like the fans want to spend money so bad sometimes. And it's like, give, give some of the youth a chance. So, yeah, that's, that's where that's. So we're going to go up against Newcastle. And Lee, if you want to talk about your game against Newcastle, then we could talk about, just speculate on the final a little bit. And then... <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, first things first, I mean, just going back to your game quick, like mm -hmm. I think it's a really good sign that you can rotate quite heavily in a semi-final and still come mm -hmm. through unscathed. Because um, Forest, you know, they were up for it. They're not, they're no mugs. They, you know, they, they're still hard to beat, even if they don't always threaten. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's bodes well for you guys. But us against Newcastle, yeah, we, we made the mistake of starting slow. Longstaff scored two for them in the, the first like 25 minutes, which kind of killed us. Um, we started with a 3-5-2. Um, and then because of an injury, we switched to a back four and went back to a 4-3-3. And then all of a sudden, we looked like more of a threat. Um, che Adams scored a great finish. He seized on a sort of loose pass oh, and then hit, hit one from 25 that. yards. Isn't that I frustrating? Mean, it is because like Shane I said, Adams was... scores a goal like that. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the most frustrating thing because you're like, "Hey, you just did that. Why don't you do it more?" Often? <laughs> well, like he he scored like a pinpoint strike from like 25 yards, but he can't finish one v ones. And like I, it's like I said to you in the chat though, I was like, that means he won't score for another two months now. Oh, um, nice. He because he's yeah he's just a frustrating player, and he's he's you know he's potentially going to lose his place now that we've got. Uh, Paul Onoachu from uh, from Genkin, the big six foot seven Belgian target man with, mm. you know, top scorer in Belgium to his name this season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Che Adams scored that goal. We looked like we might put up a little bit of a fight, um, but I mean, obviously we're already we're three one down on aggregate at that point. And then Bruno Gimarej got sent off for a horrible foul. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you for that. We, we just didn't really, <laughs> we just didn't really have enough about us to then go and and put pressure on really. Um, mm -hmm. Newcastle's are like we said they're, they're a solid team they're hard even with 10 players they're hard to, to break down um, mm -hmm. they're a really solid team so I think that'll be a really good game to watch in the final between you two guys because um, I think the final for the Carabao Cup is quite early I think it's like late March maybe no it's um, February the end of February yeah. like 26 or is it like, might be the 26 is it end of February yeah, that's Sunday yeah oh shit yeah um, let me just check. Carabao Cup final. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, twenty sixth of Feb. So I'll be, I'll be out in LA. We can watch that one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I wonder who. I, I wonder how I knew what day Man United was going to be in a final that way. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how. <laughs> oh, um, but no, that 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 will be a really great game to watch. I think because um, I think you're you. two of the most. Uh, for me, yeah. For, for gonna, every neutral. I'm going to be biting the nails. I don't Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, uh, Arsenal aside, you two guys are probably two of the most informed teams in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, right. You know, you're both, you're both up there in the league because of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to a good game of football in that one. I think, you know, it'd be nice for you guys to win a trophy because you want to start breeding that culture of, of winning and turning up in finals and getting some silverware. 
Um, but equally, it's not the end of the world because I think finishing top four and getting back in the Champions League and finishing as high in that top four as possible is probably your priority. But like I say, it doesn't hurt to win a trophy and and have the players feel like winners um, and start getting that mentality um, mm-hmm. ahead of you know ahead of the future. Because I think you know Ten Hag could potentially do great things with this with this club if he if he's allowed to really mould the squad in his image even more. And you know. I think with further transfer windows, he'll get the squad really to a place where it's exactly how he wants it in every position. So, yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt to do that. But I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to that final. It'll be a, it'll be a good game of football, hopefully. Um, and good, yeah, good um, meaning United wins. <laughs> I hope for your sake they do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but it's, it'll be it'll be a tough one. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. tough one. It's, it's pretty symbolic. The the way the Premier League has gone, that it's Newcastle and United. Uh, the two teams and the two managers who have kind of you know shown a level um, that wasn't probably you know, like people didn't know right like even Ten Hag we were discussing before the season that he's probably not expected to make top four he's probably going to get a you know free ride this this season mm-hmm. and uh, he looks so comfortable now in the race for top four and is in the first domestic final he could have uh, got in and uh, similarly Eddie Howe like. You know that Saudi takeover is going perfectly. Like if you needed any any proof, like this, a Wembley appearance is as big as it can be. Yeah, you would think for Newcastle to be in any final at this point, they would have yeah. had to have spent. They would have had to have spent a Chelsea amount of dollars, <laughs> and they yeah. are not even close. <laughs> yeah. They 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 spent. <clears throat> They spent like mid-league table money yeah. to be near the top of the league. So, I uh, so I, I guess I don't know. We could try to talk about. We, I just know it's going to be a, a, a tough game, like you guys said. Newcastle and Manchester United probably with Arsenal, and who's a little bit ahead of us, and. I would say City too, like top teams in form. Behind that is probably Brighton Hove. I think Brighton Hove is playing better than they were at the beginning of the season. And then we have to face them soon. But I think we have to face them at our spot. So that's going to be, they're they're a threat. But uh, Mm. the Premier League is back this weekend, right? And uh, transfer windows closed. Uh, Lee mentioned some of the transfers that they made Southampton. I I mentioned the one transfer we got, which is a loan. Well, we had two, Wagos and Sabitzer. But I guess if we don't start talking about Chelsea's transfers now at the beginning of the show, we're going to run out of time <laughs> to get to all of them. So let's let's just talk. And then I have a question about the Fulham game, which is the first Premier League game for Chelsea or game for Chelsea. Can, can we not talk about football, like actual on-the-pitch football? Can we just talk? You, 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 you don't when you talk about Chelsea because Chelsea <laughs> plays their football <laughs> in football manager. There's and not very much happened like, this week either. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, you know, can we just like keep having the transfer window for some more time? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I wasn't like, you know, this when this 
window began, obviously, like all, we are all accustomed to not really expecting a lot from January windows, right? Not a lot happens, not a lot of quality players. Not anymore. Available. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Todd Boley and, the, you know, Veda Vekbal, they pretty much looked at this thing as a problem to be solved rather than, you know, going by the convention of, oh, you can only do this this much at a time. You can only do uh, do it during the summer. He's, he's looked at it and, okay, so this is what the data is recommending. This is what the manager wants. So what's the real hurdle in getting them in the winter, right? Um, and some hurdles we couldn't really cross, like the, you know, I think we wanted Quesedo to, uh, to Moses Quesedo. Um, it turns out we wanted Bisuma to, from Spurs. And, you know, these are players that, you know, they just said nothing doing. Uh, Lavia from Southampton was somebody we were interested in. But, yeah, so, <laughs> so clubs just want to do business, right? So, but. Is that the 19 year old? Yeah. Okay, so you, yeah. you held on to him. Right. Yeah, he's special as well. So, but, so he, he's kind of like, you know, if, if what can be done, let's do it. Like, you know, if it's a money, if you have to pay a little bit more, let's go out and pay it right now. So, yeah, it's it's a mind-boggling amount, mind-boggling amount of money. And I still have concerns over FFP. And I've Good. mentioned that, you know, in the last couple of podcasts that uh, some of it, doesn't really make sense to me but i've also read a lot since then that you know it's assured me a little bit right i mean i mean what chelsea did for the league was all the accountants for ffp are going to be so busy focusing on chelsea that other teams might be able to get away with murder (laughs) because (laughs) they're going to need all their calculators for chelsea (laughs) So, so, so my question to you is this, and, and this, so you're Fulham, right? And you got to play Chelsea tomorrow. As a matter of fact, y'all play. Yeah. What the fuck is Marco Silva? How does he plan <laughs> for a starting 11? Like there's never been a time unless you just switch leagues, right? Like, or you're playing Bournemouth. Do you have to be like, who are they going to play out of their 20 players? Like Fulham is coming into this like, so what's their formation? We don't know. Coach, who's going to be their right wing? We don't know. They might not even have right wingers. Or they might play three on that on the right, right wingers. Who's going to be in their, their midfielders? Well, we know it ain't going to be Jorginho, but that's all we know. Because they got so many new players that Bournemouth was like, y'all got so many new players that Nottingham Forest is like, hey, man, y'all are buying too much. You know what I'm saying? So who is this? What is this team going to look like on tomorrow? Like, as a, you you know more about Chelsea than anybody else I know. Who are you going to start, bro, and where? And what's your formation going to be? <laughs> um, because Fulham wants to know. <laughs> I don't think Potter even knows. <laughs> exactly. Potter would well, like to know. I think I think formation wise, it's still gonna be the four two three one, which we've used a lot. I know we didn't we kind of used a three at the back hybrid versus Liverpool, but generally last six, seven games we've used the four two three one. And I think it's gonna be that. A lot of decisions, even though people I know it's a bloated squad and there's like, you know, we bought so many players, 
But you also have to remember we've had like eleven or twelve injuries. No, I know, but some of those so, players are better now, right? For fun, they are better. Right? But like now, for fun, just started training, so nobody's really fit to start a game yet. Um, because Kovacic is out, Kante is out, Pulisic is out, Mendy is out. These guys are out; like they're not even training. <laughs> Zakaria. So five are just out; they're not even training right now. At, at this point, you all bought so much players. Injuries actually help harder. Yeah, because it, it, it cuts down. It cuts the down the amount of decisions. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's Reese James, Wesley Fofana, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and um, one more. Oh, Chilwell. Four people who've just about started training. So that's so that's nine, right? And there's a couple of. Couple I of say you play Chilwell now because he'll only be healthy for three games. So just get his next <laughs> injury out the way. And get as much out of him as you can. So, I mean, what happened in the transfer window is I, I'm pretty happy with the kind of players we, um, the profiles that we got. Now, obviously, in terms of the quality of the players, a lot of the players I haven't really seen much. Like Enzo Fernandez, for for example, I've seen him at the World Cup and I've seen a couple of games at the Champions League, and he's always looked good. But that's just such a small sample set of games that I don't really know a lot of a lot of what to expect. But you know, we've been, we we know the problems that this midfield has had. You know, Jorginho just left. Kovacic always injured, entering into the last year of the of his contract. Kante always injured, entering. In, I mean, he's in the last couple of months of his contract. Zakaria is on loan again. Yeah, so Zakaria, you know, he's on the loan and he's injured. So we have four players that are gone. So we desperately needed somebody, and he seems to be the top target that we had. So I'm in a way happy. Unlike what you've seen in previous seasons, where we've kind of compromised and still ended up paying for somebody who's not as good, at least we are paying. Even though we had to pay a lot of money, we are paying for the top target that the that the club had. Um, Mudrik again, you know, like on the left wing, um, we haven't had somebody who has that amount of pace. Uh, you know, Sterling's not the twenty-two year old Sterling anymore, uh, so. And again, he's been injured. Uh, yeah, he's he was the other guy who's coming back from injury. So, Murdrick, Madwicky on the on the right hand side is probably going to take Ziyech's spot. Uh, you know, for the long term. It's How unhappy is Ziyech right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, PSG like it, the whole thing didn't really make sense to me, even when it was happening, because. PSG wanted him on loan, but there was no option or obligation to buy. Like it was a four-month loan for what? Like you already have Di Maria, you have Messi, so he's literally trading one bench for the P- other. PSG don't have Di, Di Maria anymore. He's with Juventus. Oh, yeah, sorry. Juventus. Yeah, I think right. it was because um, PSG sold um, Sarabia to Wolves, the um, Spanish winger. Okay. Which lost them a right winger. And so then just like, buy the guy, like put and, some money and, on the table. Like you're PSG. Don't, why are you what are you trying to spend because, money on? Because they want to see they, you fail FFP as well. They they respect <laughs> FFP rules and they're like, we can't overbuy. What, yeah, what do we right. think? We're Chelsea, yeah, we're right. just an oil nation. We, we don't got money like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that really pissed me off when I saw like PSG's trying to uh go in for a loan for ZH, which pretty much they, means that. Uh, you know, we kind of lose some control over the player, but we don't get any financial benefits 
um, in return for that. You do kind of right because salary counts against the. He's tax. he's he's been on a pretty low salary anyway, and you know it's just four or five months that we're talking about. So, but it's just not. But it's really, like a future investment in getting rid of him. So, like if he does good at PSG, PSG might be tempted to buy him at the end of the season, which you need that money taken off your books and the sale no. price. No, but hmm. but in that case, why why not have an option to buy in the low? They didn't want that. Which clearly meant they were looking at him just as a short-term fix, right? But then maybe Chelsea is like, like, first of all, he if they're ready to loan him, he ain't gonna play for you. So it's I like think he'll play. I think he'll play. Still, now that he's there, I think he'll play. Because mm. also, did you buy any right wingers? I mean, we left, did buy. Yeah, we did right. buy. You know, yeah, we did buy uh, Nani Madjuki from PSV. But mm-hmm. the way the way the Champions League rules are, that we can only register three new players, and Madioki is not going to be one of them. So in the Champions League, we definitely ZH has that starting spot available for him. Like if he's if he's playing well, so I think he's going to get some game time. He has been doing actually pretty well in the last couple of games. Um, so I'm not that bothered about the fact that that thing you know didn't. He is. Leave. He's destroyed. Yeah, tough luck. You know, you're still on our payroll. You're still contracted to us. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, much yeah, like I, I thought about no, much like I thought about Pulisic last summer. That you know, you may say you may think that you want to go, but there should there should be some other club who wants to do business that is beneficial to Chelsea. Like we're not running a charity, you know. So <laughs> unless you're buying, unless you're <laughs> unless, unless you're, you're unless you're yeah. Or Shakhtar. But uh, no, I'm pretty happy about the kind of players that we've got. Again, unproven. A lot of them are unproven. But in terms of the needs that the squad had, I think except for that out-and-out striker, we have pretty much um, pretty much addressed all of them. You got two out-and-out strikers next season. Their name is Unkuku and Lukaku. <laughs> and Broya may be coming back from an injury. And Broya from injury, so that problem <laughs> yeah. is is solved and unsolved. <laughs> based on like that, that position is is like if Lukaku ever makes it's, a comeback, it's, it's the game of Thrones actions, of that position. That would be the most like so many bizarre things have happened in the last eighteen months at Chelsea. But if Lukaku makes a comeback, that is gonna be that is gonna top all of it. I mean, he, he should. He it's, should it's, want it's, a comeback. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a change of manager, and also yeah. from what from what I've heard, Inter do not have the money to buy him. Yeah, yeah, he should but, come back. And but but you like, know, he didn't just burn bridges with the manager, right? He burned bridges with everybody at Chelsea. Like, <laughs> there's not a single fan. Who's, He's gonna have to wear these glasses all the time just so he doesn't get pelted by. Hey, hey, listen, <laughs> you, listen. You know? There's people Best in up. sports. Look, 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 look at Salcedo. He's got to go with his tail between his legs back to Brighton. There's, there's, you know, there's people in worse positions mm, like that. No, yeah? I don't think it's the same. I, I think, I think Salcedo, even in the worst case scenario, that's a six month long thing that he needs to pull off, but. Lukaku, I mean, everybody in the fan base hates him. <laughs> yeah. 
how is that going to work? So basically, the only way come back and score some goals, not and keep scoring nonstop from game yeah, yeah. one. That's the only way. He needs yeah. to win the Golden Boot or something. Like Any did you guys a favor this year anyway? Because he's been injured pretty much the entire season at Milan, and if he'd have come there and got injured like this and not played at all, you guys would have been mad anyway. So at least yeah. somebody's paying his salary, and you don't have this injury added to the to the roster of injuries. That you already got, I guess. But you know, I think just from a emotional and like you know, the off the pitch mm-hmm. stuff, it's just gonna be so much drama. I get it because I just, don't trust him to be that golden boot guy anyway, right? So <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite signing out of these forty new names? Um, again, as I said, like you know, lot. Most of these guys, I haven't really seen perform a lot, but so I think crazy. for me it is it is between in terms of profile, it is somewhere between Enzo Fernandez and Murtrick, like between one of those two. I also went through a list of like the biggest signings in Premier League history, yeah, and uh, a lot of them didn't. Most of them didn't work. Yeah, so. This is a lot of pressure. I know Enzo played at the World Cup, but he had a he had a Messi on his team. So even though the you know he had somebody who was a focal point to play for, plus his country, and like that, there's that in that thing that can get your emotions working in a positive way for you. But this thing could also get like Chelsea hasn't been that good at buying. Like, remember that mm. transfer window that got Frank Lampard fired? Yeah. Mm. Everybody's pretty much been a failure, even though you did win the Europa League. So you, Not really. Kinda... I, think, I think three out of the six were failures. Because... Who would you get in? Who did you get? Who, who are the six? So, Havertz, failure. Well, Havertz, I think, jury's out. He might still yeah, because scored, he, he in, he a, scored, scored in the scored in the Champions League Champions final. League, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. Havertz is like a like a average. Um, Ziyech failure, Werner failure. But I actually think all three of Mendy, Chilwell, and Silva have been hits. You know, Silva definitely. Mendy, he came in and he straight away solved the goalkeeping problem for us. And you know he, but then now he became the best it. keeper. But he, you know, he became the best keeper in the world. And yeah, he's had a rough time of late. But uh, the reason that we bought him in for, and he's pretty cheap too. He did that right. Like we got, he got, he was one of the guys. He's got the best all-time best record for a goalkeeper at the Champions League uh, when he won. And uh, Chilwell, I think he's still, you know, whenever he's fit, he's still a starting left back. Even, even the guy you say, Chilwell, who was not a failure, injury-wise, mm. it's a fair. Has he, how, wait, can you, is there a record of how many games he's played compared to how many <laughs> he's missed for you guys? Would it be yeah. he's missed more than he's played, if you look that up? I think it'd be close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's just weird. You, you guys are like, I don't know. Is, is there something going on with your training? I had this no. question about Arsenal once when Wenger was there towards the end of it. Like they had so many injuries. 
I was like, something's up with the training. Is there something up with your training? Yeah, and uh, especially because we've also, um, this has been going on for multiple seasons now. I think this is the third season in the row where we've had big, big injury crises. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Injuries are such a thing, right? Like you sitting outside, it's very tough to know uh, whether it's, because it's not even the same training regime. It's happened across Lampard, Tuchel, and now Potter. So three different coaching setups, three different backroom staff, mm-hmm. three different medical departments, at least two different medical departments because uh, Boley's come out and you know he, he pretty much swapped the entire medical department. So uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to say what's going on. Yeah, so you got anything you want to ask him, Lee? No, just, uh, you know, if you do buy Lavia, uh, we want at least 150 million plus add-ons. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, you, know, you know they got it. You know they got it. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to try and pay us over like 50 years or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, so David Onstein from The Athletic, he in his podcast said that the... He, he said there's this other player who didn't actually make the move to Chelsea, but was apparently really impressed by the Grand Portal project. And rumors are that's Lavia. Mm. So, yeah, maybe you want to look out for it in the summer. He's He's been brilliant since he joined us. Like, he struggled with injury a little bit, but whenever he has played, like, it's crazy how at home he looks in the Premier League already as a teenager. With It's like his first season of senior football. Um, but I mean, he he almost uh, got an assist for Adam Armstrong against Newcastle. He played this amazing, like reverse pass that nobody else saw, <laughs> that split the defense completely, and, yeah. and then Armstrong fucked up the I one. Saw the run, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's really special. He's like you can tell he's had that Man City education. Um, yeah. He's just so comfortable, and he works hard. He can tackle as well. So he's kind of like um, the sort of ideal, like hybrid centre midfielder that can do a bit of everything the double six um, guy. exactly yeah he, he, he'd he be perfect for a double pivot um, so yeah I mean I could see why you guys want him uh, I hope we don't lose him after only one season uh, if we go down he's definitely gone um, if if uh, you know if we manage to stay up then it means we can probably just put a higher price tag on him but um, you know we spoke about this with when we were talking about Brighton last week in that when you're a club of a certain size if a big club manages to turn the head of one of your players, then there's not really much you can do other than try and get the biggest fee you can. But um, you could turn because, it back by saying... But, but Brighton did it, right? Brighton managed to... Uh, like, <laughs> Casero, it's not just his head got turned. Like, he went public with yeah, the I mean, request. They, they did. And then, to be honest, like, sometimes you just got to sell the player because what if he goes back now and doesn't play well for the rest of the season? Oh, and then an eventually... And yeah, and then eventually say, you know, you guys or Arsenal buy him in the summer for 50 million when they could have got 70 million in this window. Or no, I think 70 was the sticking point because they like clubs are only offering 60. But you know what I mean? Like it's sometimes you have to just go, right, we're going to get maximum value right now. His head's been turned. Mentally, he won't be the same after this. So let's just take the highest bid we can and accept that that's how you know, that's where we stand in the world as a football club that we can't ever compete really 
with these guys. Um, I mean, sometimes I think, holding on to the player works out, and I think most of the time it doesn't. I, I think with Brighton, they've actually been pretty good at, you know, if a player is doing well and has attracted attention, you know, <laughs> they will set a price and they will sell. I think this time, the way Casero handled that whole thing, they kind of wanted to make an example of, mm. like, they they were really pissed off. Like, yeah. We want this to happen on our terms, not on the terms of some 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 uh, yeah. some player on our books. George Mendes Sorry. had something to do with that potential sale, but he's not his agent. Mm. So I was yeah, that's weird. Like even stuff. Enzo Fernandez, he's not the, his agent, but his name keeps popping up all the time. Yeah, maybe it was Enzo and not a. It was Enzo. He was involved in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's yeah. Uh, so, talking about transfers, I guess once you, I, like, I keep I keep hearing what is what, like, what 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 is this beef? So, I didn't read this article, but I should. But <laughs> the nerve of La Liga, <laughs> the ball, seriously, La Liga. seriously, La Liga. like. To be like, because of the amount of money that the Premier League spent, specifically Chelsea, they're like, you got to examine the books of these teams and blah, 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 blah. Like, hey, (laughs) you guys fucked your own league. You had the two best players in recent football history playing, going head to head almost if not 10 years mm. and you just placated yourself to the two top teams in the league and didn't use these two guys as a foundation to grow the entire La Liga and then now because you it's like Bayern in like Bayern is damaging the Bundesliga no question no question and so as the, the the reason why Bayern is not going to be the Bundesliga is not going to be as popular as the Premier League is because it's not that balanced. Like it, like Leicester could win the fucking Premier League. Arsenal with some coaching and some good moves can win the Premier League. You know what I mean? Like the Premier League is always even at the beginning of the season if it just ends up being two teams fighting it out by the halfway point. There's hope for like six teams, and then like Bundesliga is just Bayern. And then the La Liga is like Real Madrid, Barca, and then is it going to be the Maybe year Atletico when Atletico once, yeah. is going to do something once in a while? But you may, you, you don't be like looking at our books, bro, <laughs> and when you also, did that to you. And also, um, Real Madrid and Barcelona started <laughs> the whole Galacticos uh, era, right? Yeah. 15 years back. Like TV money wasn't really a thing back then in you know the yeah. amounts that it is right now. They were doing um, that 15 years back. I don't, I don't know the full ins and outs of it, and you know someone might me correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I, th- I think Real Madrid's finances were like were guaranteed by the Spanish, Spanish government, government. Yeah. or something as well. And and also La Liga, well La Liga were were dead quiet when Barcelona were spending all this money they didn't have in the summer. On a thousand mm. players when they and were signing Lewandowski and, and Rafinha, yeah, like like Barca were doing that all summer. Um, so yeah, it's it's very much yeah. I think 
that's I agree with what you're saying. That it's it's very much. Glass I think houses. they're just pissed off as to it's how jealousy. it's jealousy, yeah. and also they're kind of seeing that ship sail away, yeah. and they're knowing that they don't really have a chance of clawing this back. Like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Really, somehow make real betis and make real sociedad into an advertisable commodity? <laughs> they can't do that. You know, the time yeah. for that has gone. Like. Bournemouth are taking players from uh, the upper echelons of Europe now. They've completely yeah. missed the boat of you know the whole globalization, the smartphone revolution, the social media revolution, and now they're like literally picking up the pieces. Their only hope is the Super League, and fans yeah. have made it very clear they don't want the Super League. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. We've got the Super League. It's the Premier League. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're like, and they're Nobody like, humble yourself. Stones. And it's like, you know what? If I'm one of the teams that they won in the Super League and you throwing stones at me, I'm not joining you, fucking fools. Is that how you would yeah. treat a potential partner? Go <laughs> exactly. yourself, bro. No, I'm, I'm yeah. so happy that their true colors <laughs> are really being shown. And all these owners can see how it's going to uh, work out if they ever have to be in a collaboration a collaborative environment with them yeah. because also they, what i would say as well is that these guys should be thankful in these leagues that the premier league is pumping money into yeah. their clubs like we're, we're giving money to their clubs that they wouldn't otherwise have right. because if you know say, say if there's someone at i don't know uh, a fifth or sixth place in a league team who's going to get bought by bayern that will be for about a third of the fee that a Premier League club would spend on that player. Like Premier League clubs are putting money in, they're investing money into all these European leagues, essentially. Yeah, like yeah. They're paying, because they're paying over the odds for these players, it's funding these clubs to a level that they wouldn't get if they were selling to a French club or a German club or no, but, you know, but, Italian but see, club. That, and... see, see that's, what, that's where you know that when the La Liga president comes out and says these things, he's actually not concerned about La Liga. He's just doing the bidding of the two big clubs. Yeah, because yes. the only clubs that are hurt by this are Barcelona and Real Madrid. It actually benefits yes. the rest of the clubs. But they don't mm. care about the rest of the league. They don't care about the quality of the league. They don't care about the standard of football. They don't keep, care about keeping the best players in the league. They just care about, uh, you know, the, they get a phone call from the head of Barcelona, the head of Real Madrid. <laughs> All right. Here's your talking points for tomorrow. Go, go find morning radio. Go and go, go and talk about all of this nonsense. So that's all there is to it. And they know that they need the English clubs way more than the English clubs need them. Yeah, and they're worried about the shift of power in the Europa League in the in the in the UEFA. Like they're worried about Barca and Real Madrid not being able to compete with British teams in the Champions League for a bunch of years to come and them not winning those and those and Barca and Real Madrid not doing well in those competitions or being able to hang. So it's just like, it's just like you said, they, the president is doing the bidding of the two teams who he's barely regulating financially <laughs> yeah. in his league. Yeah, like, like if he really cared about competition in his league, why aren't the other 18 clubs, those presidents, talking about the nonsense that these two clubs have been doing? That would have happened in the Premier League, by the way. If, right. uh, like, 
we're and it's already happening like chelsea spending all this money we are not even like you know pulling economic levers mortgaging mm-hmm. our entire f- uh, future for the next 25 years we are not doing any of that but still you have you have rumblings of you know arsenal um putting out fielders of not, not liking what we're doing uh, but but they don't have any of that they they're just happy accepting a duopoly uh, back in spain yeah i do we'll warn and i've said this before we'll warn the premier league teams to stop overpaying to not cuz you know having a lot of money sometimes clouds how much money really you have for like the future so i do want us to be cautious and be more like you know be more bright and whole with it all you know like you know find the the metomas and the players like that and the calcedos for cheap who are really good that are going to grow into value instead of paying for them like overpaying you know what i mean and but, but i think i think drugs. this this um it doesn't i don't i hope we don't spend all the money we got and then then we end up because everything is cyclical i don't want us to become the league that used to be the league i want us to stay the league now i think this season chelsea even though we've spent a lot on big money transfers we've also done those smartish buys you know people for the future like buying people before they've actually blown up uh, like the guy from brazil antonio santos he's actually he's captaining uh, brazil now in the under 20 copa america and he scored four goals in five games uh while being a deep lying midfielder so which one is this Sa- andre, santos and andre santos from vasco da gama undisclosed so, fee yeah it's it's about I'm looking at uh, this i i can disclose it right now to you to please it's, a, it's about 12 million euros all right let's see hopefully he does well yeah and then, hopefully because he only costs 12 mil he gets some time on the pitch yeah and and you know we got um, chukomeka from villa uh you know i think 18 million and then what's his position no i think it was 30 mil no 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 he's 18 million i think the add-ons cuz that's lloyd's boy so mm. uh, maybe the add-ons no, no, go no. to 30 no uh, yeah maybe but i i think adams can be 12 million for something that's at 18 million by express i don't know um yeah. and then we got the guy from norway uh that of fana for about uh how much is it say here fana is 12 million euros and then the guy from chicago fire the goalkeeper gabriel slovina for 9 million so you know there's there's like Okay, the deals are they turn out good. And then Cesar Casadier from uh, uh Inter for around 9 million. So these are some good uh, acquisitions to so the thing I like about what the current recruitment team, team is that they're they're not just thinking in they're thinking actually of the entire club as a whole. They're thinking of today, tomorrow, 3 years down the line, 5 years down the line because that's that's you know, that is something that we've we've lacked as a football club i know they are but it's it's risky as hell this could be the biggest risk since crypto <laughs> <laughs> so so the risk really here is that if you know we don't get champions league football if a lot like 80% of these buys turn out to be bust 
But one good thing that they have done is they have uh, the, like the new wage contracts are incentivized. So there's a big, and they're not as big. So for somebody like Modric, for example, even though he's come here on a 70 million euro transfer fee, he's only on 97 k a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and that's pretty much the ballpark. And that's for life. twenty years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna make him retire on that. And uh, so Enzo Fernandez is probably gonna be taking Jorginho's spot in the team, right? But he's on a lower wage bill than uh, Jorginho. So now we are talking about players who are young, have potential. So in the best case scenario, they reach that potential and serve the serve Chelsea, right? Um. The medium scenario is that they don't turn good, and we have to sell them at um, you know at, at a loss. But the worst case scenario is that they just stay on the books. But even in that case, the salaries are not that much. So I think they have covered their bases a lot. There's a lot more method to the madness than uh, we are used to as Chelsea fans under Abramovich. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and I guess people on the outside, we just want to make fun of it. So we'll ignore all that. Oh yeah. no, that's that's totally fine. I mean, it's just we just want to banter, time, bro. This time last year, like the banter was about Chelsea going under and being dissolved as a football club. So uh, I'll I'll take this. That was a banter. That was. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the, <laughs> yeah, there, there's some Chelsea fans who feel you, Putin should have gone to war earlier. It's well, hilarious. Know, <laughs> what do you think your chances are against Fulham? That's pretty hilarious. Oh, we're going to lose for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Why? Why? Is this just lines up so beautifully? Because of Willian? As, no, just for the storyline. Like, we have to lose. Okay. Like, the, like the way everything else is in the works. That, the joke um, has to be on you. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, I think I thought we played well against Fulham. The game we lost. The I think the Felix red card was a turning point. I don't think we lose that game if um, it was 11, 11 v eleven. Probably could have even won it because Felix was playing well that game. So, but having said that, as you said, there's going to be so many differences, right? Like, Mutic is probably going to start his first game. Maduweke might start his first game. Enzo is definitely starting tomorrow, as long as we can get the paperwork done. So, you know, brave new world. Let's see what's happening. I mean, I, I normally do this anyway when a match is about to start. Like, <laughs> I, I'd look at, like, what do they call it? Well, your team sheet? Yeah. Players? I, I mean, I'm going to be like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, for the whole Chelsea squad tomorrow. Like, what? How do you pronounce it? Like, like the, the the commentators are going to be stumbling over names because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've never recognized, seen these people before. Chelsea, uh, number, Chelsea number five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to think of like the big Everton versus Arsenal Saturday. That's Sean Dyches. Yeah. You think Everton can get anything out of this? They got a new Sean Dyche. They didn't buy anything. They sold. I mean, have you seen the training sessions? I've seen, I've seen a photo of somebody out of breath. Yeah, he's like, 
he he's been um running them into the ground they've been doing bleep tests and stuff which is unnecessary in my opinion um and everything i've been taught on my coaching licenses um but he, bleep he's been making bleep, bleep tests it's it's like where uh, you have to run just between it's like doing suicides um but you have to like hit the line the same time as a bleep and if you don't get there before the beep you, you're out you're eliminated um it's pretty brutal it's normally like a pre-season thing to well they say it's to ascertain fitness levels but it's not really you know the, the best way to um to do that to your players um he's he's banned um players from wearing like snoods or hats or anything in training uh they have to wear shorts he says because like he says you have to wear what you wear on a game day okay um and thing is that that if you look at that just on the service level i'm like okay that makes sense train how you play etc but training sessions are different to a match day on a training session you'll be standing around listening to the coach the coach will be stopping the session to like walk in and go you need to be here you need to be here and it is fucking cold right now here um, so all i can imagine that like it's going to go one of two ways like either the players will not enjoy this and their morale is going to go even further or it will toughen them up old school style and they'll go and you know fight for everything against arsenal um obviously from a selfish point of view i hope arsenal demolish them oh um, yeah yeah because <laughs> we need to we need to start moving up that table we need some points i think when i think of everton <laughs> they have traits of what united used to have like lack of discipline and lack of being pushed so i think this is the only way if they ever have a chance of getting them to be competitive I don't think mm. you could be light on this team. Like, because yeah. so many managers have come and gone and all of them better than Frank and they didn't. And yeah. they didn't succeed with this team. So I feel like Sean Dice is like, this is how I know how to survive. So mm. this is what I have to do. And if we don't survive, I did everything that I knew yeah. what to do so i i feel like everton squad they they're suspect you know the whole spine mm. is suspect it's been suspect for a decade so they need to be pushed yeah so, he's got uh, some players there who know how he works though like tarkovsky's there mcneil's mm. there so he's got a couple of guys that will like sort of get the rest of the players in line i think um but equally, what I think is criminal and what all their fans have been going crazy about the last couple of days is that they sold Anthony Gordon for 40 million to Newcastle and then they signed nobody. <laughs> so it's like they made their squad weaker in the middle of a relegation battle and didn't get any replacements in. Like, I know the time frame was short, but you should have had, if you were selling the guy, you should know who your targets are and be like, shit, let's go get this done now. We haven't got time. And they just didn't hey, do anything. And hey, man, they were busy trying to sign Bielsa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they were busy trying not to sign the Elsa to move but, on. But this is what happened in the summer too, right? Like they got rid of Richarlison, but they didn't replace mm. him with another forward of the... You know, uh, you're wrong. Mopai. Mopai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't replace him with a forward. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mopai is just like, he, he's just Shea Adams with a more exotic name. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they oh, were... Ever, Everton were actually linked to Shea Adams at the end of the window as well. <laughs> Hilarious. That's, 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 they, do they have a research department, a, a metrics <laughs> department or whatever? Like, it, 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 they're so obvious. Yeah. 
United plays Crystal Palace. We owe them one. And uh, I'm not going to talk about that a lot, but I, I want revenge <laughs> for the draw that we got with them before the Arsenal game. And a lot of that was our fault, that draw, because we were winning the game. We got to the 90th minute and they had a free kick and we put the shortest wall up in Premier League history <clears throat> against a free kick. Like we just kind of like disrespected their free kick taking abilities and we paid for it. So yeah, let's get them. What do you guys think <laughs> of Tottenham, Man City? I mean, got to be a Man City win, really. <laughs> Unless it's Portuguese right wing back that Spurs have signed is world class um, uh, I think I think that's got to be a City win so hopefully I mean I mean Spurs causing problems for half the game <laughs> at Man City is everything alright at Man City they got rid of Cancelo Cancelo like uh, what's his name <laughs> is not full fitness and doesn't play a lot so who's playing left and back Walker is playing right back? Walker, Ake is yeah. playing left back as well. And I think it's Rico Lewis, right, on the on the right. Yeah, yeah. but he's so new. It's like, you know, yeah. you're breaking him in. They're, mix, they're mixing a match in. Pep Reddy plays the same team, I don't think. Uh, but Ake has been playing well there, and that was why he was willing to let Cancelo go because he's been so impressed with how Ake's coped at left back. Because, I mean, they've got so many centre-backs with... You know, Stones, Diaz, Laporte, Akanji, they don't necessarily need Ake to be a centre-back anymore. But Ake can't put a cross <coughs> in like Cancelo. I, I heard yeah, Cancelo I, was unhappy with the, you know, the uh, he wanted more playing time. So I heard he was unhappy about that. I, you know, I, I think Pep is just bored. Pep is just bored. Like he, he, he kind of, like the league's become so easy for him. He's trying to like just artificially increase the difficulty level to see, okay, like what else can I do? I kind of I kind of respect it in a way though, because it was almost like not quite the same level, but it reminded me a little bit of Ferguson at United in the peak when if he didn't like a player, they would go. Like he didn't care if they were still like at their peak, right? It's like Yap Stam is like, no, you're going. Beckham, like, no, you're leaving. Like Van Nistelrooy, no, you're out. Like even Roy Keane, he was like, no. You're causing too many problems. But they at least did something. Apparently, Cancelo threw a ball or something at Pep or something like that. Like, it's something so minor. That's kind of huge. That's disrespectful (laughs) to throw a ball at your coach. Uh, I mean... I think he's just making sure no other... I think he's making sure no other players get any ideas, though. It's just like, no, if if, if, if your attitude's bad, you're gone. But that's the thing. Is... Listen, you got rid of a player you might need in a Champions League final to win that Champions League final to make that pass. It's mm. and and it's a guy he felt was so valuable. He played him out of position on the right wing in big games, you know, to get crosses in. To it's, it's I don't think I don't think everything's all right over there, and I think. It's just the length of time Pep is out of place. Like, not everybody can be like a long-term coach at a that level that long. Like, I think, like, this, this fantasy, when everybody looks at somebody like Ferguson and him doing it, it was a different time. And 
I just don't think something like that. Maybe one other person might. It's even the NBA is like that. They used to be like when Ferguson did what he did. There was NBA coaches that were doing that. There were NFL coaches that that was. That's what, how it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Ancelotti has to take breaks from Real Madrid to go back there to be effective. Zidane has to take breaks to go back to Real Madrid to be effective. Like, well, know. Ateta, Ateta did. You know, he had issues with the Bamia disciplinary issues, and you know, he got rid of mm-hmm. him. So there are uh, managers who are taking stand. I think it comes down to like how much are you backed by the club, which obviously yeah. Pep is backed uh, blindly by the club. But I'm gonna say this: Aubameyang looks like a troublemaker. You feel me? Conseil looks like an angel. <laughs> like if you told me Conseil caused some trouble, I'd be like, for real? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put this one on Pep for some reason. But well, we'll 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 see. I don't know if everything's all right in Paris. I don't think everything's utopia mm. over there, you know. But Martin's gonna come over on Sunday, and it'll be fun to see City beat. Hopefully, to watch his boys get destroyed by Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think there's anything else we should discuss this episode? I think that's pretty much yeah. it. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Liverpool's bad form continues against Wolves. Yeah, um, that'll be an interesting one because we'll. I mean, I'm hoping Liv will turn it around because Wolves are down towards the bottom. I'm just, I'm just being selfish right now. Like, I feel, yeah. we're playing, we're playing Brentford, and that's a tough game for us. So, mm-hmm. uh, Brent, Brentford away. So, I mean, we need all the help we can get. We need other results to go our way as well. Otherwise, we're going to start getting uh, cut adrift a bit. <clears throat> I feel you. I hope West Ham turns it up against Newcastle. So I get it. <laughs> And I hope City does beat Tottenham because I don't think we could pass City in the table, but we'd like to keep Tottenham back. Yeah, smart. What do you guys think of... Uh, this is this is sticky. You're going into sticky territory. Mm, I, I don't know if anybody about. can guess. I don't know if any, yeah. any, can anybody guess where I'm going with this. I've, yes. got, to, I've got to go, guys. Um. <laughs> 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 so, they, you know, the, the big news... Mason Greenwood, all charges dropped. But it's su- surprisingly, and I'm wondering why, like a lot of the Man United platforms, United Stand and United People's TV, that's United Stand, I think, United People's TV, like all of them are kind of against bringing Mason Greenwood back, you know? But I'm, I'm wondering how much of this, th- th- this, this train of thought is because of what happened yesterday, the day before this. That big moment, like based on where United is now at the table, Ten Hag, everything is very successful. And yesterday when we brought on Rashford, Sancho, and Marshall, is there a subconscious thing where a lot of the fan base is like, we don't need this young problem? Like, did yeah. yesterday happen at a perfect that that sub those three that that one three man substitution did that convince United fans to be like, what do we need a Mason Greenwood for? 
Yeah, I'm sure there's a part of it. Like if 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 United were struggling, maybe f- uh, struggling, especially struggling in the forward areas, maybe player you know fans would be like, well, you know, we still have him. We should probably use him. Mm-hmm. But now with all of these guys, Rashford being in such form, Garnacho, he's he's the academy kid who you can you know lay your hopes on now. But also, I think in this case, mm-hmm. there is no. The plausible deniability bit is really not there because everybody's seen the those photos, have heard those voice notes. So it's and it's not like you know he was acquitted in a court of law. The charges were but, dropped. But isn't that even better when they say no? No, no it's not, it means it means it means the witnesses it, turned turned around. Turned hostile, and you know. in, in, in this sort of instance, that could mean a number of things. It could mean a payoff. It could mean intimidation. Um, you don't know. It's 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 very rare that a witness will just... It's not a in this case, the, the witness is likely going to be, you know, right. the person involved. And for a witness to just go, no, I mean, at the very least, if there's nothing shady going on, it will be because they don't want the attention of being dragged through the court case and having their life laid out in front of everyone so it's 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 it suggests that it's a very strange set of circumstances that sort of witness would just go right i don't want this now um also i'm pretty sure there's another yeah go ahead i just want to say like football fans have a weird relationship with morality um Mm -hmm. like you've seen that with like newcastle fans obviously everything's going great because the team's playing great Um, right right but you know there's there's obviously very questionable moral implications of being backed by the Saudi Arabian government. Um, United fans were quite happy to welcome Ronaldo back. There's some, you know, extremely questionable behavior that he's been involved in um, that was made to go away, um, which, um, you know, there's evidence of. So it's, yeah, I mean, football's a weird one. In this case, I mean, he's, he's a young guy and what he, I think, you know, it's almost certain that what he did he did um does that mean he should never get to play football again in his life um i don't think that's the case i think there needs to be right. something demonstrated that he's potentially gone through some sort of growth and work to become a better person i don't know if i don't know the circumstances around that so i don't know if it should be that he should be you know stopped from ever playing football again because i don't think you can do that to people if you believe in rehabilitation and, right. and growth then that should be allowed but if it's just the case of charges are dropped let's have him back no like further explanation i think that's wrong that sh- i don't think that should happen um i think there needs to be a little bit more context behind this and and what's going on but it's it's messy i don't think there's a an easy answer to this other than that you know I don't agree with him coming back immediately right now. Not immediately, um, no. Yeah. I, I, I also think there's something the way you brought up, like why the charges were dropped. That's what everybody's doing. And they're not mentioning the other part. Like, so I hear the part and I don't know why. And I, and I, and I think I know why, you know, because everybody's supporting the alleged victim, right? So... <laughs> Because he, he allegedly did these things, so she's an alleged victim. But so then they say that key witnesses pulled out. So we kind of know 
But then again, it could be some of her friends too. So we, we don't know. But they also say there was an introduction of new evidence. But nobody's saying that part. Like everybody that disagrees with him coming back to United only mentions the first part. I think you have to mention all of it. Mm. it, it you know, mm. it, so it's, it might not just be like the key witness if it's her, like refusing, because they also read this thing where they could prosecute without her. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have to be there. So I think that's also possible, but they're choosing not to. So listen, before Man United, if they decide to bring him back, all the information that they could get to make this easier on him. And I don't want this just to be easy on him. I want this to be easy on her too. Like whatever, if he did something to her, I want her to get everything to help her heal. And if he didn't, then I want her to get everything to make her heal. And if he did, he needs everything to take all the right steps to get better. And before he can come back mm -hmm. to football, I just know that we heard a piece of a thing and there's always more context to a piece of a thing. I feel like, yeah, I, I, which I, I, what is the context which this court decided to drop something that in everybody's mind was a unanimous thing? Well, that piece is really missing from all of us. And that piece is missing for him, for a crowd to watch this guy play and support him. That piece is missing. And it, at some point should be filled in to, you know. I think also the, f it's also potentially a difficult spot for United. Even if you do want to bring him back, because this is probably not the last we've heard of this case. Typically in a case like this, it'll be months, maybe even years down the line, new, more information is going to come, come out in surrounding the situation that led to the charges being dropped, right? And you don't want to have this. So you've got Mason Greenwood back and he's now a star player in your team. And now it turns out that, hey, like, you know, as Lee was saying, it's probably, there were some nefarious things that happened in the background that led to the charges being dropped. And in, in which case you've actually now went out and supported the, the guy who benefited from that act for... Uh, after knowing all of this. So, which is, I feel like, you know, with the whole, like we forget, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing to talk about, but Thomas Partey is actually now on his third bail out and he's regularly the- I'm not, I'm not an Arsenal fan. That's not tough for me to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying like, you know, that uh, like he, the team is going for the Premier League title. He is one of the, biggest contributors to the team. He's regularly fitted on match of the day. He, you know, his manager doesn't uh, lose any opportunity to, you know, big him up. It, it's not even something in the past. He's actively part of an investigation. He's and we don't even think about bail. it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, which is what I'm saying. Like if, like if United is being cautious, I think that's definitely the way to go about it because Guess what? Arsenal wins this league. 
if if the if the investigation you know brings something up this title will always be tainted tainted for reasons that have nothing to do with football so why would you even from like you know even if you leave the morality aside which i'm not saying you should i think morality plays does play a big role in this but even if it does leave it aside and just think of it from a business point of view which all of these football clubs are it doesn't make sense for me to try and okay you got to honor his contract right as part of company law maybe fine you keep him on the payroll and do what you have to do but uh, yeah i would really say don't make him front and center of the the footballing side of things yeah. i i i should i say they should just wait a while i would also say they should hire their own investigator if they haven't you know that would actually be a good tv show like an investigator for sports teams for when cuz there'll be a there'll be a jam packed episode this season <laughs> yeah <laughs> they'll have like 10 episodes like the guy that investigates yeah. besides the police if the person did it or not you know to you know but you know i think about kobe bryant like yeah. mm. like even when the case happened everybody mostly supported him and then he went and dropped like 80 something in a game and <laughs> um, and, and and he was innocent after that <laughs> he was, he was like, nobody who could drops 80 could have raped yeah. someone forget that yeah. like you know yeah. like lakers fans even fan teams players like i rarely hear fans from other teams like give like kobe when he was playing after he stopped playing or especially when he died like even bring that shit up like like i i feel like for mason it's like it's, it's like you just nailed it when you said partey like yeah. and this this is not my wish but this is my observation that when you play and you deliver mm. like ronaldo's case like people only focus on what you're doing on the pitch and whether that's yeah. sad or wrong or right like like harry maguire gets so much shit for that incident with the greek uh, we, we, prison our, our that's fans, because he's the bad center back our friends treat harry maguire because of the way he plays like a convicted rapist yeah like we yeah. we we like like if, if mason greenwood came back and play scored a goal again we would there's fans that would still dislike oh, yeah. harry maguire more yeah. more than anything yeah, and it's only because he's a bad center he's got of. nothing to do with he actually did but that's it's playing right that's that's like yeah. fans like you were saying something about lee about fans deal with morality mm. like like whether it's wrong whether the person is innocent or guilty if they deliver on the pitch people just forget and that's mason greenwood's like say he did do something and he messed up and he's young and he's going to do better later on in life and this is just a moment then the only way for him to get past this moment is to be good on the pitch this is the only way you know I think and it's going to be tough because no matter what really happens <laughs> he this is always going to follow him for the rest of his yeah, life yeah yeah but 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 look at mendy 
Mendy just beat six mm. charges. The jury couldn't decide on three. Mm. So now he's going to be tried again in June on those. Like, this is never going to... Even if he beats those three in June and he's innocent, like, who's going to ever forget that? I think the biggest difference with the... Like, in the court of... Like, the the court of law is is one thing, right? But in the court of public perception... The biggest thing is in the in the Mason Greenwood case, people have actually seen some of this shit. Like it's 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 out there and that will never go away from people's minds. Right. So that's why I feel like in a like compared to a lot of other celebrity uh, you know cases, this one but, is probably the toughest to come back from. Right. But shouldn't that also again like tell us something? Like if we saw that and the police saw that and they dropped it, like, it, it's just, there's something missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, we, and I'm uh, sure, like, we'll yeah, get that information, uh, you know. Later on. Later on. Yeah, it's going to take a while, but. Yeah, it's I, I, yeah. I wish we had that information. Like, how is the police when it comes to this type of thing in England? Because on one of the things that on one of the, the the sites, the United sites, they were saying that like rape convictions are very low in England. I know it's kind of low here too, and it's yeah. not fair. So you, we want women to get treated fairly. We want you don't want people getting away with shit. And just as a black man, I don't want people getting away with shit that they do to people. Because I'm from a race of people that we get dumped on all the time. So it doesn't matter what part of my gender or any gender. It's like I don't want people to get away with shit that they did to people. Yeah, I think it's I mean, yeah, the the conviction rate and stuff I think is something people have brought up. But it's it's such a messy, murky area of life and all you can hope is that the process whatever it is gives you know the best chance of a a outcome of justice whether that's you know a conviction or a you know or a not guilty um and and yeah without knowing all the details i think it's just speculation a lot of the time so um it's yeah it's it's a real messy one to to try and say exactly you know what should happen on it but yeah i mean <laughs> it's yeah just a hard one to discuss really yeah it, it, it's tough it's tough yeah it ain't easy but we'll see uh want to bash spurs real quick before we get out of here pick the mood up always <laughs> uh Spurs actually, you know, I'm pretty sure Martin's feeling so down about this whole thing. Spurs has Spurs has spent 180 million euros this season, so it, it's it's not like you know they've been absolutely frugal <coughs> in the market. Martin might know that, but Conte probably don't know that because he <laughs> acts like 180 million euros. Yeah. That's two. That's almost two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need a whole new defense. Maybe this guy will help them. I'm not sure. Pedro Porro. Pedro Porro. Mm. So, do they have a business? 
Uh, I think so, because they they released uh, Matt Doherty completely from his contract early. Um, oh, for real? Because they, they, they needed to free up space. And I think Doherty's going to go to Atletico Madrid, if it's not already been confirmed, um, on a free transfer. Yeah, because, I mean, they've got so many right wing backs. They've got Emerson Royale. They've got Jed Spence. They've got uh, Doherty. So they already had three players in that position. Um, so they had to they had to free up a a space. Let me just yeah, he's he's already signed for Atletico Madrid uh, on a free. <clears throat> so obviously there wasn't as much of a rush for that because if he's on a free transfer, he can you know he can play out, so he can or he can transfer outside the window. But yeah, I mean Spurs is a club who their business is always quite mixed. <laughs> I don't know if Lucas Moura left in the end because he was being rumoured with a whole bunch of places because his contract's up in the summer and he's not staying. So, so yeah, is he out they... already or he's going to leave? I'm not sure. They signed uh, they signed Dan Juma, who was kind of the replacement there already. Um, okay. So I'm not even sure. I mean, just have a look. Lewis Moura. And, and they loaned out Brian Gill. Hill, yeah. He went back to Spain, I think. Yeah, maybe. back to somewhere in Spain. Um, but yeah, Mora was playing for the under 21s the other day. Oh, shit. Um, I know he's returned back to training this week. So yeah, he didn't go anywhere. He's still there. We were, we were being linked with him at one point. That would have been good for you guys. Yeah. He I wouldn't have said no. In scoring positions. Yeah. And he's an, he's an experienced player who can finish. So, um, I wouldn't have been against that, but yeah, we opted for, um, yeah, Sulemana, the Ghanaian winger and obviously, who are the um, the Nigerian centre forwards? So yeah, we got our guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as Spurs don't finish top four, I'll be happy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate y'all. This is a it's not easy. Discuss some of those things, some of these things. But uh, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. I'm definitely watching that tomorrow. William, I'm scared of William again. Like, you know, we've got like a million players <laughs> since he left. They still have to be the ghost of William. <laughs> the boogeyman. <laughs> you know he's coming for y'all. You know he's... He, he actually you know. gave us a great interview today. I think somebody did like some newspaper in England did a long piece on him. And he said that, you know, because he played a Fulham a few weeks ago too, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I spoke to my kids about who are they going to support tomorrow, and they say Chelsea, like they're Chelsea fans. So what? They're like, they're like, Daddy, we want you to score, but we want Chelsea to win. Because so, yeah, sure. they they pretty much like grew up around Chelsea. He was there for a long time. So he so he raised them right, Chelsea, yeah. According to you know, according if it goes by your law, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, yeah, and I'm. A, I'm hoping to see Enzo Fernandez being registered because apparently he needs to be registered by 4 p.m. tomorrow. All the work permit, all of that needs to be done by then. And then he can play the game at, I think it's at 8 p.m. Uh, I so, just want to see Hakeem Ziyech on the bench, fuming. <laughs> Don't be surprised if he starts. I mean, <laughs> that would be weird. They didn't even plan on having him. Then he's going to start. Hey, I mean, you know, we were all busy with Enzo Fernandez. He came on, it happened on Enzo Day. It shouldn't have happened on Enzo Day. It should have done it day, day, day earlier. 
All right. We were only, you remember how I was saying on this podcast that uh, we were trying to save some money on Enzo Fernandez, uh, trying to like haggle the price down like my mom used to do. Turns out these guys ain't like my mom. They ended up paying exactly what the guy wanted. Yeah, there's no there's no deals on uh Enzo Fernandez is is one no. I was I was looking out the window at the airport just looking at that <laughs> runway for nothing on uh, on Tuesday when Fernandez was going to fly in he ended up coming in on a Wednesday so yeah. yeah I missed out That's how long There was a whole took. there was a whole bunch of paparazzi at the airport as well <laughs> Um, just all stood around the perimeter fence, just freezing cold, looking really miserable. Because I think they, I think yeah. they knew it wasn't happening either, but mm. they had to be there. They all had like their long range camera lenses and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I could see them because I, I was in a conference center, like inside the airport, because uh, it's like a sort of private international airport where there's a whole bunch of like flights. Like mm. Rambich used to have a plane there back in the day because it's not far from Cobham. Mm. Um, so yeah, we were, everyone at the conference was like, "Oh, are we going to see a Premier League player land today?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, That's nothing, right. nothing, because Chelsea were dragging their heels. <laughs> dragging it's their Benfica. heels. <laughs> and uh, but I really love their uh, the announcement video. The club started like they commissioned this Argentinian artist to make a song. He's the guy who actually made a, apparently a pretty famous song for the 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 World <laughs> Cup that they just won. So they got him to like do a special like a 20 second, 30 second song for. Uh, oh, great. Financial fair pay will be adding that to the bill. <laughs> 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 yeah, just that's, you hear that's, that financial fair that's play? Jump change. Calculate they'll, that they'll, into it. <laughs> they'll claim he did it pro bono. <laughs> yeah, they're paying, they're, we're oh, paying yeah, yeah. over an eight year period for the song. So <laughs> you can't just yeah, charge yeah. us one lump sum. <laughs> oh, because we're going to be getting one Argentinian player. Hopefully, Venzo is a success. Use that as a hook to get the next big thing from Argentina every year. <laughs> Good luck. He's a future right, captain, uh, apparently, uh, at Argentina. No pressure. No pressure on <laughs> at all. Good. It's good. 21, remember, everybody. 21. All right, guys. I uh, appreciate y'all uh, pulling up, putting in, and... Uh, it's good to see the Premier League back, and man, I I can't wait to see that new team, Chelsea. Like <laughs> I've never seen them play before, so it's it's almost as if you just got promoted. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Nottingham Forest. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, guys. Any last words? No. Uh, just. Follow me on the socials, Lee Hudson Comedy on the Instagram and that. I'll post up there whenever I've got shows, got stuff all around the UK the next few weeks and then be in, uh, be in LA uh, towards the end of the month and start of March. So I'll be posting up some shows on there as well. So yeah, if you're in any of those places, come say hi. Cool. Dope. And yeah, follow me at Ian Edwards Comic on Instagram and all my dates are there. She got me, huh? Yeah, at Sawyer's Lawyer. I'm sure there's a lot more to fight with me on. <laughs> Absolutely nothing of my doing. <laughs> uh, apparently, I, I have to answer for, well, at least, you know, people can't throw the whole uh, dirty Russian money, oil money at me anymore. 
this time we so, let you guys speak. We we were like, all right, the UK government, you decide what's best for us. This is all they're doing now. <laughs> is that how you think this is? This is how everybody's going to remember it. Yeah, we got, got a couple of. Everybody says American owners, Chelsea's going to suffer. That's, <laughs> that's the route we'll we went down. Uh, we'll see. All right, guys. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll talk next week. But enjoy the podcast. Like and subscribe, and comment on YouTube. One. Anyway, let's start the. Uh, this is the part. <laughs> All right, guys.